Good morning and welcome to Mornings of Box 2 Radio on this May 30th, 2023. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we serve a God who will take the impossible and make it possible every single time. He'll take you through it. He'll take you above it. He'll take below it. Whatever he wants, we just hang on and say yes and amen. Where he goes, I go. There's a song that come out pretty popular about 10, 15 years ago, I guess. And it was just where he goes, I go. What he says, I say, God. Um, and I just I always like that song just because it's talking about following him. And he's a leader. And I'm not. I'm no co-pilot. I'm no co-leader. I'm just following and saying yes and amen to whatever he wants to do. It's Tuesday morning, so we have Pastor Josh and Miss Hannah in the house. How are you all doing? Good morning, Brother Aaron. Doing pretty well. Got an extra day off a little bit yesterday. To, oh, yeah? They call it a day off or whatever, but off time on your day off, you do a lot more work well, than you do when you're working. I, I missed the memo. Uh, <laughs> I knew you was working. Uh, you always are, brother. But it was a good day. It's a good Memorial Day. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. Had a really good time yesterday at our church picnic that was fun yeah um i got beaten cornhole pretty bad and um <laughs> it's all right I ha- it's it's okay <laughs> i prayed about it i fasted um i asked the lord for deliverance and he delivered me because he's that faithful did, did my papa beat you again i didn't play your papa i know better than that by this point <laughs> it, it, i mean it was going back and forth quite a bit um, I, I played against ethan most of the day yeah, it was it was back and forth. It was back Man. and forth. He just um, Caleb Reardon was doing pretty good. Too. Yeah, Caleb Reardon played well, and um, Joey started to learn there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Joey. <laughs> oh, got to pick on Joey. Yeah, um, but no, it's, it was a good day. It really was a good day. Good food, good fellowship, um, good turnout. It was a really good turnout, and so um, just it was all around great day. Couldn't ask for better better weather. Um, this today's looks like pretty good weather but as my weather app said a thunderstorm on the prowl i don't know what that means really i don't either because i didn't know of anything going to be like that i didn't know anything prowl, was prowling so. um <laughs> i mean but it said like that was it like <laughs> right before it's what it, it said might be thunderstorm that w- on the prowl you know, one day last week there was uh what happened was we didn't think it was going to rain but it seemed like right there around madrid or whatever there one spot through there where it came a little shower well, there for maybe it's a spiritual thing i guess so let so, it rain lord let it rain, let it yeah. rain. and so yeah it was on the prowl this says so um my weather app says it's prowling around lunchtime a little bit this <laughs> later afternoon so if it's prowling are you supposed to give a heads up like i thought a prowl was like whenever an animal's like crouching and getting ready to attack well that might be it you don't know when it's coming that's what I would think. If it's thund- even coming. If a thunderstorm's on a prowl, I think it's like sneaking up on you. I like the wording of your uh, of your weather app. I don't know yeah, what. mine doesn't say it. Mine don't say nothing like that, Hannah. I what does yours say? Huh? What, is yours just uh, a boring one? Mine just, mine's just <laughs> boring, and I can't get nothing to come up in this studio right now. So. Well, mine just says, with thunderstorm expected at 6 p.m. Oh, that's not as fun. <laughs> thunderstorm on the prowl <laughs> oh man rain awesome. pouring down so how was church service this weekend since this is like a this is like a monday on a tuesday now ain't it because it is it, it is we didn't um you're right we didn't have monday yesterday a couple of older sermons yesterday but uh it was good it was good um worship was great and uh preachers a little long-winded but they survived and um it was good we had a, it's awesome we had a strong response 
we don't always do altar calls. Um, we always have prayer teams available, but we don't do yeah. altar calls all the time. Not against it, just saying. Right. I, I really just try to listen to the Holy Spirit. And um, we had one Sunday, and it was just a strong time in the altars. And that's awesome. I think some people really got some what they needed. We preached on um, well, we preached on a lot of things about God positioning us. Yeah, and um, then we actually talked on unforgiveness and how Joseph, you know, when his when his father Jacob died. Well, his brothers were scared that Joseph was going to put him to death. Right. And, um, and you know, he yet he basically said, you know, I forgave you. I forgave you. And what the enemy meant for you to do evil to me, yeah. God turned it around, and I'm going to do good to you now. And so basically what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. That's right. And But that doesn't happen if he don't forgive. Yeah. And so we talked about the importance of forgiveness and um, how unforgiveness is so detrimental to our faith. Yeah. But also to our life, just in general, our health, our mental state our physical state unforgiveness is um it's a disease really i mean it's just it's it's awful it will eat you alive yeah and yet so many people hold on to unforgiveness that's right that's right man so. no we had an amazing service actually sunday morning too there was actually uh, somebody that hadn't had been to madrid to visit a couple times and but um anyway they come sunday morning it's just a powerful move at the end of service and uh, of course normally i take the kids in the back and we have our Sunday school, then we have um, our youth thing in the back or whatever. Then when church ends or whatever, we come out front. Mm-hmm. Well, first thing I noticed when I come out front after everything was over, kind of, was I noticed there was a there's a pile of tears on the altar. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty powerful, pretty powerful. Hallelujah. You know, because I knew something great was happening because, I mean, I, I just didn't go out all of a sudden. But when I walked, when I walked into the uh, sanctuary, that's the first thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty powerful, pretty powerful. Hallelujah. So, Hannah, how was your weekend? It was really good. I had a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think I had hot dogs every single day of the weekend, but they were good. Um, and I, I had a really good time with family, and um, it, that includes church family. And it was just a really good time of fellowship and a good break, I would say. I feel mm-hmm. like we haven't had a break in a long time, like a, you know, a holiday break mm-hmm. in a while. So yeah. it was really nice. And church was, there were so many answered answered prayers on Sunday too, like with, with that response and the unforgiveness and everything. These are things that, you know, our prayer team has been praying for for a really long time. And we've kind of sensed these things, not only in our church, but in every church. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who have been carrying unforgiveness way too long. Um, and, I, you know, there were some people close to me that were able to get free from that. And just seeing their breakthrough just made I was I had like mascara running down my face <laughs> the whole end of the service because I was just I was just weeping because of how good God is and um how how much love I have for these people and how happy I was for myself and for people I love and just seeing the unity and just the presence of God's love on Sunday was really amazing mm-hmm. I will say that because I just felt his love really sweep over everybody um as they were you know confessing and letting go of that unforgiveness I just I really felt his love so strong and I don't know it just I felt like we were closer as a family um on Sunday so that was really awesome yeah that sounds great I mean I know uh hey you know I just love to hear of how the Lord is moving in different ways in different areas mm-hmm. yeah. you know I love to even um actually brother seen brother Kelly Tucker yesterday morning and he talked about the powerful service they had at Stennisville 
on on Sunday. So I mean, it's just um, it's awesome. It's amazing it here. So yeah. But, uh, and um, speaking of events and weekends and um, the event hosted by Cool Presbyterian with all those other churches involved yep. over at Mount Zion was a great event. It was. It um, was. I was a little bit late. We had some. Horse, we was horsing around. Um, <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But the, me, Nolan, and Eliza came over, and Eliza yep. really loved the shop. <laughs> she, she did. She kept going back, kept going back. She I did. Said, Fill it up. Fill it up, Eliza. Well, she was, she went back. She went for herself. And then, like, after it was over and everybody was starting to clean up, she was like, can I go shop real fast? And I was like, well, if you run, I guess you probably can. And I guess she got some stuff for Cloud, too. So she was she was shopping for Cloud yep. there at the end. There you go. There you um, go. But it I heard was, she won a gift card, right? Yeah, her and Nolan both did one gift card. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That would be yep. really helpful. <laughs> yeah, I should have put more of my kids' names That's in there. That's right. You uh, should have brought them all, brother. <laughs> and so uh, it was it was a good event. It was, I really enjoyed it. And um even there's one guy named Josh Milburn, I think his name was, he spoke. Um, but usually with his speaking, there's fried chicken or something attached because it's usually homecoming. Hey, we ate before I spoke that time. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't no fried chicken, but we ate those hot dogs that Hannah was talking yeah. about. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I think I've had hot dogs several times this week, too. And then we had this terrific picture of Hannah's husband, Ethan, that Jamie sent me of, at the campfire, I, I'm actually the one who sent it you to sent you, it? but I only had Jamie's phone available. Well, it was it was great. Um, I already played around with a little bit and <laughs> edited it and sent him back one. I mean, out of it, so wow. it's it was a good picture. Um, it was a good weekend altogether. Yeah. Um, but you know, fun don't start stop now. We got women's conference coming up in yes. just a week and a half, two weeks wow. almost. Um, yeah. It is coming. It's flying by. June 9th and 10th, six o'clock Friday night, four o'clock Saturday afternoon. It's the church down the road from I don't know where because we have no restaurants by well Dollar we have General, Kingswood Kingswood King's Kingswood, Table King's Table and Petticoat um, it's the it's the it's that one church um we'll just call <laughs> it that one church I can't say like anything clever like church behind Taco Bell or something yeah um but is it's good it's gonna be a great weekend June 9th and tenth make plans to come out if you got kiddos there will be childcare um we we promise Sunday morning that all their limbs will be intact um. <laughs> teeth and fingers and stuff like i don't really consider those limbs so no promises there um but their arms and legs will come back on um <laughs> we, we almost assured promise that but it'll no be man. like one of those mr potato heads where you just snap the arm back in. <laughs> that's what you that's it that's it that's yep. it so. um and so it's called the joe and joey daycare uh that's what we're calling it for the event i took my name out of it yeah i see I, that I don't man know. you slid that right out of well, there look it's uh -huh. um it's liability issues all right <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it just uh, sounds better with the j and j yeah, yeah. It's j and j daycare that's good i like that um joe as a lot of people mistake Joey for Josh, it could be the Joe and Josh. <laughs> that happens to them all the time. I've noticed that. Josh is that so right? Much. I think it's because they combine Joey and Sosh together. Okay. Josh. So they just say Josh. It's kind of like he's in a relationship with himself. <laughs> Whenever they combine two names together, so um, it's good stuff. And um, we had we had a great time. We had a couple of families over last Friday night for dinner. And um, Joey and Meg Megan, Megan, I'm trying to actually say her name right, because it's not Megan, it's actually Megan, M-A-G-A-N. Um, and so we had them over for dinner, and of course, Joey, fun Joey's just funny, like, I don't care who you are, Joey's just a funny guy, and he doesn't even mean to be, like, he's not even trying to tell jokes necessarily, he just does funny stuff, <laughs> and so he did something, I ain't gonna embarrass him, he just did something to the house, and it was funny, and 
Miss Megan's spot response though was probably even more funny because she just sits there and her hand just kind of goes through her forehead and shakes a little bit like, oh no, not again. <laughs> uh, and so these two are quickly become one of my favorite couples in the world. Uh, they're great. Their heart for the Lord is amazing. God's really got a call on their life, but they're just, um, they're really just a joy to be around and um, thankful God's brought them into my life. But um, all that to say, Jay and Jay, Josh, Josh and Joe, um, it's going to be great. And uh, I never met a person where you could put their last name and first name together. Uh, and yeah. make a name. And made a name for it. <laughs> Jamie yeah. made sure. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know how many times. I think Jamie still calls him Josh. I, I think she did to me the other day, I think. Um, speaking of Joey, he said he gave me his dad joke the other day. Used to hate facial hair, but then it grew on me. Uh, <laughs> and so he said, go ahead and tell the story. I won't, I won't tell. I'll save it for another day. There you go. Um, now, I have got some videos and some pictures people showing me and sending me on them. And some of these I'll have to use like a sermon illustration sometimes because I saw one video of him on a tube snow sledding and literally face planting into a tree. Like he's wow. being drugged behind a side by side. And yeah. it's like something you see on America's Funniest Home Videos. It's like he's just riding and all of a sudden there's a tree wow. and there's no Joey. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> why, why is it that we all laugh or it's funny because it's somebody else's? Pain. Pain, well, it, hey, hold on, hold on. Something. It depends what kind of pain. Okay. Like, there's some pain that's not laughable. Yeah. Um, but then if it's there I mean, is if it looks ridiculous, things yeah. that look ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> for some reason, like there's some videos that Jacob Swift will play that really you shouldn't be laughing at them, but you can't help it because they're just so off the wall. Like, they're so you funny. Just, you just can't help it. Yeah, and um, and it's just there's some, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel you. Like I don't, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's, it is odd though. I don't know why we do it. Like there it was not. a there was a video I saw the day on the internet it was like this girl jumps off a roof while she's on the roof. I don't know. I mean, I've done it too, but I don't know why I was up there either. But jumped off a roof into a pool, but she misses the pool. Oh well. And she just like she smacks the concrete, and I laugh. Like, I couldn't help it. She's okay. Uh, yeah. Like, like right, the video right. basically premise says that, hey, she's fine. Nobody was hurt. Nobody's injured in the making of this movie. But it was funny. But it's really not funny. So I yeah. feel you. Right. Maybe it's a heart condition. Thanks. Maybe we need to get born again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we need Maybe we need some repentance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, there has been times I've seen people get hurt or something, you know, and then it just hurts you when you see it. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? It's like, oh, man, that's so. But yeah, I will say, I totally if I see understand. something like that in person, though, I always make sure if they're okay. Oh, yeah. But I may be snickering as I'm making sure they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you know they're okay, you can't help but laugh so at that So it's almost point. like if you see a video, if they don't see you laugh, it's like you go ahead and laugh, laugh anyway, right? Kind of. Yeah. I hear you. No, I'm saying, hey, you ever ask kind a question of. sometime and you know the answer for yourself? You're just making sure everybody else thinks the same way you are. Yeah, you're kind of testing the water. Like it, like it right there, because I know if I don't actually there and I see something really oh. happen like that, I, uh -oh. I'm probably going to laugh. I mean, it's kind of the same premise of, like, you see somebody touch an electric fence and they're just shocking, and you're laughing, and they're hurting, and you can't help but laugh because they're shaking, like, ah! Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know, like, it's just, I feel you. Maybe it's the condition of our hearts. Maybe we should just... Uh, be washed by the regeneration of the word, um, renewing, renewing our mind. I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of biblical principles that can come into application here. Yeah. 
But um, now usually I'm the one hurt or doing something really stupid, and people's laughing at me as I'm laying there going, oh. Um, that's usually me on the ground. And so it was nice to see Joey on the ground. Um, somebody else <laughs> on the ground for once. But no, it is good. It was a good weekend all around, and I'm just thankful for it. I'm with Hannah. It was a good. It was yeah. a. I don't know if you called a break, but it was a good weekend. Um, and so just excited for what God has in store for the women's conference. I did not get to go to Man Up last week. I was really disappointed about that, but I heard it was good. Um, and then, of course, the cool Presbyterian youth retreat they held, hosted there at Mount Zion, was a great event. Yep. So um, if you got any announcements, your church has anything you want us to announce, Can I make please. One? Don't. Yeah, yeah, please. All right. Well, this coming June, this coming Sunday, June 4th. Oh, yeah. Lance uh, Johnson. We're going to have Brother Lance Johnson there at Madrid at 6 o'clock Sunday night. So this coming uh, Sunday, June 4th, we will have Brother Lance Johnson there speaking at Madrid at 6 o'clock. So if you'd like to come out, we'd love to invite each and every one of you out. Some maybe listen, don't really know about Brother Lance, but he has a uh, church in uh, Ranger, Georgia. But actually, uh, every week he comes up to the West Kentucky Revival for the last 125 weeks, I think it is right now, 130, something like that, and uh, preaches a revival at the West Kentucky Revival. Uh, he's up, up just about every week. There may be a few there that he's not. Other people uh, speak, but for the most part, he's the one that speaks uh, at least once every week. So uh, so if you ain't got doing nothing Sunday night, if your church don't have church, you'd like to come be with us, we'd love to have you. So at 6 o'clock Sunday night. Amen. And those who don't know where Madrid is, if you have that 401-259 intersection where you turn off at 259 to go 401 out here towards McDaniels, you just, it's like, I don't even know if it's a mile out 401. It's a quarter mile out. Quarter mile. Quarter mile out 401 there at the intersection. Your yep. And so it's so. easy to find. If you all need more help than that, um, just let us call, call us here at the station and we'll give you more detailed information or the address to Madra Pentecostal. That's right. You can type it in your GPS. but. Um, if you can make it out Sunday night, it's going to be great. Lane Johnson's a great preacher. Heard him several times. Yep. Um, not in person, but on podcasts and other things like that. And always done a terrific job. And I know that, let's just say, without spoiling anything, because Josh did talk about it last week, but we're <laughs> not going right. to spoil it anymore. Yeah. Um, there could be some multiple night things going up here in September. Well, I kind of was hoping that maybe uh, next week or whatever, maybe uh, we can start a and that's what's coming mm -hmm. up. So, yep. I mean, because it's going to be right here. So, yep. anyway. Hopefully we're going to pin down some details yeah, it. this weekend. So, it. so, And um, I know, I think that I think actually Bethel here is going to be hosting yep. it. And, um, and so it's going to be great. I can't it wait is. for it. it and um, Lance Johnson's a great preacher. So um, just excited for the presence of the Lord. And I'm, I have full ambition um, or what is it? forward thinking i would i have all plans to be there sunday night that sounds great um, man. i used to think they were crazy when they said lord if the lord wills lord willing <laughs> i'll be there sunday night and um as you get older you kind of realize what that means yeah. like lord willing if my feet don't that hurt. or if you have uh seven kids or whatever you might have well, to, you know. <laughs> as long as you as long as you count them going to sleep that's right. i hear you brother that's awesome <laughs> people think i'm lying i'm really not okay one two three and somehow over the last about the last week, at least the last week, we've had extra kids in the house every single night. Wow. And so um, our grocery bill just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And I, bet. Um, I, bet. I was telling Heather the other night when she came over for the fire, I was like, well, man, we should just start splitting grocery prices and eat just all eat together. <laughs> 
you know, save us some money, and also me and her can eat healthy stuff, and then y'all can eat other stuff. Yeah, y'all can have the other. <laughs> y'all can have healthy stuff. I'll take the other. <laughs> Yesterday, when I was praying for the um, the picnic and the food, and I was praying for the hamburgers and the hot dogs and all that delicious sides and desserts, and I never seen Oreos stuffed with so much stuffing in my life. Um, I was praying. I was like, and Lord, just let this be nutritious for our body. And I was thinking in my back of my head, and thinking. I just know how much oil I just cooked with. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how any way possible this could be healthy. Yeah, I hear you. But, Lord, it's going to taste good. That's uh, <laughs> right. That's right. All right, so where are we at in John? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What the last verse, we did the Good Shepherd. I really do think we, um, let's see here. and We got the hireling thing. We did do that, I remember. It's been so long. We're going on days now since we've been in there. Um I didn't think we were quite to 11, but... I think we're think at we are? 14. No, I actually, no. We're past 14. Yeah. Um, I think we 15. might be I think we're on. I think we're on 15. Okay. Yes. I think we're on 15. So we're in John chapter 10, verse 15, um, because we did the I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Well, actually, I think we did the Father's voice, too. Yeah, gonna, I, I was thinking maybe around 20. You, you know, I think it is. Um, yeah, I think we are because I think we did do all the I have power to lay down mm-hmm. and have power to take it up again. Yeah, I think we are. So we'll start in verse 19 and work from there. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews from the, for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? So this is where they really start to become blasphemous. And they're starting to say, hey, uh, this guy's got a devil. Who's he talking about? Jesus. The one guy you should never say has a devil is Jesus. And yet they're saying this. And, but then there's other people coming to his fence saying, hold on, hold on. How can he have a devil? Like, this guy's opening blind eyes. Well, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. And you know what this verse really starts to get into me is, you know, these people are questioning whether this guy has a devil or not, and they're saying he can't because he's opened the blind eyes. And that was going to be one thing that the Messiah was going to do is, is miracles. I mean, there's going to be some crazy miracles too, and they were. like they He did some extraordinary miracles, and you know greater works than that should we do because we're one body, one accord going forth, and there's many of us should be operating in the glory of God. But Jesus did extraordinary things like over and over and over and over and over opening the blind eyes, driving out demons, healing fevers, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, he just did it. And it was extraordinary. And he, they're saying, well, they can't, he can't have a demon or he can't have a devil because he's doing this. And so I think it's important to note that we talk a lot about the Antichrist having powers, mm-hmm. miracle-working power and stuff like that. But I think it's always important to to decipher that and discern that his are false miracles. They're false things. They're... They're, um, what's it called? Like, it's a shadow, but it's not there. It's, um, a false blanket or something like that. What's it called whenever you, there's a word I'm looking for in my head. Um, but it's basically you, you, you give a false appearance. There's something going on. Not like really an illusion, but it's kind of like what it is. Like, I don't think these are going to be legit, powerful, sustainable miracles. I think they're an illusion. Yeah. And I think they're deceptive. Um, but it's going to make people appear. And I think that, I think like these scriptures, they're saying he's not a devil because he's actually doing this stuff. Right. 
And so I think it almost gives us context to what to how to interpret the Antichrist and his what he is going to have his miracles and powers and things like that. It's almost going to be a false thing because yeah. he has no power. The first the Lord don't let him have. But also, I think it's going to be a deception and illusion. Right, because it's something I do believe that uh, as he was walking this world and as the flesh, we know that he was still God Almighty. But what we must understand is, I think he was doing it in a way like nobody had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, so they knew that it was something different. It was it was something that was uh, more or less was real, and so we're you know we just um, a time and time again after every. Uh, after everything here, we see where the Lord was continued. What was he continued to do to prove to them who he was? Mm-hmm. He was trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And see, as believers, I must, you know, even though we live in a society, we live in a in a region, let me say that, we live in a region where more or less we think everybody's okay. You know, uh, nine out of, I would almost say 85 or 90 people out of 100 that you ask if they're a Christian, if they're going to go to heaven around here. They would probably say yes, but action sometimes does not do that. But see what the Lord was doing here; He was putting, you know, what was real to the forefront. Mm-hmm. This is what's real. This is what's so we understand that even though realness we see even here being real brings division. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not in a vision division where we think sometimes where. Actually, in the end time, we know when the Lord comes back, even right now, I believe there's, even though you may not see it naturally, I believe there's somewhat of a division going on mm-hmm. and separating Separation. the real from the fake. So, Yeah, mm-hmm. and it won't create chaos. It will actually create peace. That's right. It'll create unity. That's It'll good. It'll create unity. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> so that's awesome. Whereas when the Antichrist steps up, yes, it might appear that, people will think you know this is good or whatever and you know in the end times the people will the good will be evil and the evil will be good yeah but it will ultimately bring chaos and people will be able to see that because nothing from the enemy brings peace true peace that's it might it might promise peace yeah false a false security but it's never going to deliver true peace that's right it's only going to bring chaos Mm -hmm. yeah uh joey gave me the word mirage i think you know that's another one that could be used. There is still one this this one word that I just it's on the tip of my tongue and I that can't you get can't it out. Think of? I hate when that happens. It happens often. But um, let's I'll like, be honest with you. I was thinking. Were you about, trying to say like a placebo? No, it's like it's a it's it's kind of like when you get behind a blanket and you shine a light and it looks like something's there. It's not there. It's, mm. There's a term for that. False something. Um, I don't know. Maybe if a listener knows what I'm talking about, who can help, <laughs> help this poor guy out? This is a Monday to me. Um, yeah, it's it. But it's, but it's. I mean, it's basically saying there's a. It looks like there's an elephant there, but it's really just your hands. Right. You know, it looks like a chicken's on the wall, but it's really just your hands positioned a certain way. And I believe that's kind of what the Antichrist will do. It will have the appearance and it will have the illusion that it's a real miracle, but really it's just a falseness. There's a right. falseness to it and. Um, these people are saying, well, this guy can't have a devil because he's actually doing this stuff. And we know these works are from God. Like, these are yeah. it. And so <clears throat> I think it's I think that's significant to always keep in mind because one part of the word always helps us interpret the other parts. Yes. And it's called it's contextualization. So if we learn here <clears throat> in the book of John that 
these works are from God that he's doing, then we understand that the works that the enemy is going to try to betray, because he always tries to, he always tries to mimic what the Lord does. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and he always tries to copy it and corrupt it and, and try to mimic it, but it never works. Like it's always a falseness to it. Like we have like a Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, he's going to have a unholy Trinity and you got, you got Lucifer, you got the Antichrist and the Antichrist spirit. So Mm -hmm. it's like he wants to, replicate what the father does and so it's no it's no exaggeration except i think one of the biggest things that we are going to need to pay attention to as christians is the pride and the conceit with it because even jesus we see he was a humble servant even though he was he's actually the lamb of god like he's the only one that has ever had the right to actually be able to brag because he is holy and Mm -hmm. he is the true righteous king But we see with Satan, he's always been prideful. He's always been um, like all the glory. He wants it for himself. And I think we will see that with Antichrist. I think we will see not a humility. It might be a false humility at first, but I think we will be able to tell that like it's all about me, me, me. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the world. I'm doing this instead of actually helping people. Mm -hmm. And I think you... If you have discernment, you will definitely be able to see through that because it's that pride and like the vanity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And all of his followers, I believe you'll be able to tell, you know, the sheep from the goat because there will be that either humility and serving and not wanting the glory for everything, just wanting to glorify the father or wanting all the glory and the fame and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, well, I think we already... There's the Antichrist spirit's spirit. been here. Yes. And he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And so we already see how he's using and corrupting things. And this was really going on even during Jesus' day whenever he approached the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they were doing these things that apparently was good, but they were doing it for vanity. And yep. they were doing it for reputation's sake. And they were doing yep. it so they could be built up. And he <laughs> basically got to them and said, hey, I'm glad you're praying, but you'll have your reward on heaven. Like, yeah. I mean, on earth, you won't have anything anywhere else because you're praying to be heard. Yeah. And and I think that's a word that a lot of churches should know is because what we have is that competition culture in the church still. And it's dying. It's dying. Thank thank the Lord. But there's still a lot of churches that have that. Like um, and that's that protectiveness. And it's that, oh, don't touch this. Don't touch, you know, my, mine, mine. And. We have, because we're at competition, we're trying to get this family. We're trying to draw this people in, draw these people in. Because we really don't have, at in reality, what we have is church transfer a lot, not new birth. And so, yes, and and because we're trying to pull people from church and church and church and church, we have to appeal to be good. So what we do is we do these good works and we brag about it, mm-hmm. and, or we good we do these good works and we want everybody to know that we did them. But in reality, like, you know, um, most people even that go here don't know everything we do here because we don't go around bragging it. We're not holding a flag up saying, hear us roar. We're really great. Yeah. We just want to say Jesus is really great. Right. And we want to do the work of the kingdom, but we don't want to get glory. We want God to get the glory. Right. And yeah, if, uh, of course, here, probably more so than any other ministry that I know around here, there's a couple others as well. It's actually y'all have like a full-time base where you're always here and things like that. But if you only come on Sunday, you just see a part of it. 
mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I mean, think about it is, if you just, even Madrid, you know, if they just come on Sunday or they just come once every, they're not really going to get the, get everything that it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really see the prayer that goes forth there because they're just coming a couple hours a week or an hour and a half or whatever our Sunday morning service is and things like that. So if our mindset will get more so, the reason that we come is like we was trying to preach the other night is for maturity, for exhortation, for edifying the body of Christ. And so when you see over the last 20 years that I've been speaking or preaching there, you know, and still, yeah, I see some of the same faces. I see growth. It's, you know, they're always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's humbling to me to see people that constantly come time in and time again because of why they want growth within their own life. So. Yep. Well, I've had growth, but it's out, not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, no, brother. I'm, just I'm with you, man. No, uh, I know what you mean. We are, uh, well, we got to take a break here or, uh, and we'll come back and get in some more Bible discussion and uh, manna on Tuesday from Monday. Did you, you do a did you do a manna I did. Moment? I, I did. didn't know if it was Memorial Day, so I didn't know. All right. Um, Tuesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh of Egypt. What was the meaning of the dream? Joseph interpreted the dream of the Pharaoh of Egypt. What was the meaning of the dream? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. Alrighty, we are back in from the break. Brother Dwayne Kidd got the answer correct. What was the meaning of the dream that Joseph interpreted for Pharaoh? Seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. Genesis forty one one through two thirty two. Um, I think I remember that. Um, we preached on that Sunday morning. How about that? There you go. And so it was such a good day uh, yesterday again at the picnic. It was uh, just a good time with the church family, and it was such a blessing to be able to be a part of that. Don't forget to put on your calendars June 9th and 10th Women's Conference here, 6 o'clock that Friday night, 4 o'clock that Saturday. It's going to be a great time for you ladies out there. Um, it's kind of aerial ministry and coffee with Jesus combined. It's going to be joined up. So kind of like we do with Joey, Sasha's name, Josh, it's going to be both. Um, we're just combining them. So it's arrow coffee. Um, <laughs> how about that? Great. It sounds great. Um, coffee a, with arrow. a rising, <laughs> a rising remnant of women drinking coffee with Jesus. All right. How's that? Um, but Miss Megan Fortner is going to be here. And she's going to be speaking both times, and it's going to be great. Um, I know she's just a fireball, and we're going to hopefully – I said something to Hannah maybe about seeing if she can come on before mm-hmm. and be on yeah. the radio with us again before then. But she's going to be in, um, and so it's going to be I great. I think she's actually going to make it a point to stay here a little bit longer so that she can be on the radio with us. Excellent. I think excellent. she might be uh, arriving earlier so that she okay. can do that. Yeah. Now, where is she from, Hannah? Um, she, right, and I don't actually know. There's some people that have um, actually gotten to know her before I have. I've yeah. recently gotten to know her through the, the radio, but there's some people who have um, known her for a while that yeah. are connected to the ministry that have, I think have said that she was from Kentucky. Okay. But I'm not for sure on that. I just know she's in Missouri right now yeah. is where she lives okay. with her family. Yeah. So I think they've moved there. Possibly. She is from Earth. Yeah, she's from the kingdom of God. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's yes. awesome. Somebody, somebody that the other day said, uh, I forgot what it was. It was that one, you know, it's 
you know people get ner- you get on people's nerves when they say, "Where are we gonna eat?" Well, food. <laughs> food. Where are we gonna eat? We're usually you eat it with your mouth. Um, you know, it's kind of like just be a smart out kind of thing, and then you have to go repent because you were a smart aleck. And so, um, glad I'm glad for the blood of Jesus and the grace of God, because um, I I needed a lot. And um, but no, it is it was just a terrific um, weekend, and we just have more weekends that's gonna be awesome coming up. And again, this Sunday night, don't forget upon your calendars. 6 o'clock p.m. Madrid Pentecostal. Uh, Brother Lance Johnson is going to be there speaking. And, That's right. Uh, just a great, great preacher of the gospel. So excited for that. Yes. Amen. Yep. Amen. All right, and Josh. Then he's going to be staying over then going to uh, Nortonville that Monday night. So yep. I think we're going to get him on the radio a little bit on Monday. Is that correct? That sounds great. That's yeah, we're excellent. working. We're uh, trying to work toward that anyway, so that would be great. By the grace of the Lord willing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I say that a lot now. Lord willing. I hear you. All right, Josh, give us some manna. I'm All hungry. Right. Very, <laughs> very familiar passage that I went to uh, yesterday for the manna on Monday. But First Thessalonians five eighteen, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So here's some couple of things to ponder. Hopefully, have you ever thought or wondered what it, it what is the will of God in my life? I know I have many times, but this verse reminds me of one constant thing, and and that is giving thanks to God in every situation is certainly a will of His for us. As you read this or listen this morning, let's think about this for a moment. Ponder the things that have been in your heart lately concerning God's will in your life. Be reminded that a will of God will never be something that doesn't line up with the Word of God. If we are doing His will, then we are certainly a thankful people in every situation. One of the main reasons, one of the main ways we express to the Lord we are thankful is through prayer. Our prayer life is just a marker of how thankful we really are. So what about your prayer life? Do you find yourself being thankful in every situation or just trying to get out of every situation? Mm. Be strong, stay strong, we strong. And I'm reminded I don't do this enough, Brother Aaron, but I have, of course, always thank the Lord every time I pray. But I remember it's been a couple years ago, but I went to pray one one night and I said, all right, this prayer here, I'm just going to tell the Lord thank you about everything that I can think of. Didn't ask him for nothing. Didn't plead my request to him or nothing. I just was a thankful prayer. And, you know, when you're not used to doing that, the whole prayer sometimes can be a little tough. Mm-hmm. Even though you can start, you know, we talk about the blessings of the Lord. We could go on and on and on about from uh, how he saved us, how he was watched over us, our family, even as we travel or whatever. But really, I mean, it says it don't back away from the fact here in First Thessalonians about just in some of the things give thanks. It says in all things give thanks that's why i'm reminded about what somebody told me back years ago they said i believe everything happens for a reason but that's kind of tough sometimes to tell somebody that's going through this or going through some kind of death they should not be having to go through some kind of situation they shouldn't have to go through just seems sometimes unfair but see what we must understand and must realize this morning is that it's more than just about this moment. We know our life here is but a vapor. We know some of the most common scriptures about that. But even though I told them the other night at church, I said even though some of these scriptures that we know 
are some actually the scriptures that we really, really need to dig deep in and really not only know them, but live them and fully understand them. You know, so I'm reminded many times about how even through those few scriptures there in First Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse before that says, pray without ceasing. And so if we do those things, part of our prayer without ceasing is giving thanks to God. You know, and it tells there in those scriptures about a list of things we should do and also things we should not do. Mm-hmm. So even that, the verse 22 there, if we read on down there, it says one of those verses is abstain from all appearances of evil. Mm-hmm. It says abstain from even the appearance of it. Mm-hmm. It don't even say evil. That's a thing. It says the appearance of evil. So oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, even in society we live in, Rand, the appearance of evil is everywhere. Yeah. But we need to flee from it. So. Yeah, I love something that Pastor Aaron preached on Sunday that kind of goes along with this. He was talking about how um, Joseph got, you know, was around Potiphar's wife. And, yeah. you know, he was accused. or He went through that whole thing, and he might not have sinned, but he, I love what Aaron said was he got too close to sin. There you go. Well, he got too close to it because he yeah. could have. I mean, if we're being honest, a lot of times we could avoid situations. Yes. If we actually understand that verse of uh, abstain from all appearances of evil. But the problem is, just like Aaron was saying, is that we get too close to the sin. Yeah. And we shouldn't even allow ourselves to get too close to the sin. That's right. And I think something that he said was sin will grab a hold of our don't let sin grab a hold of our coat because she right. like kept his coat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that. Like I hadn't heard it said like that before. And it's so true. And it helps you kind of remember it because that's the reason why we're to abstain from all appearances yeah. of evil. It's not because it, of legalism or anything like that. I mean, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit was inspiring that word just to be mean or just to be, yeah. you know, right. legalistic. It's for our own good. Amen. Because it's it's going it even if we don't do the thing it we can get so close to it that it makes our life way harder than it should be yes so mm-hmm. and, and so i believe that all of us not only in christian world but actually in this world sometimes people make things harder than what they really are mm-hmm. and if you don't know a whole lot about something i've I, I mean if anybody knows this firsthand it's me if you don't really know something a whole lot about something even though you don't care to try it I don't, I don't, if I think that I can even do it, I'll try it. But a lot of times, because I really don't have the experience on it, I'll go about it the hard way without really doing it the way that, even though it's the right way, it can be a way to do it. But still yet, I'm so thankful that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way to get there. There may be things that we do here in this life that there's many ways to do something. But yeah. let me tell you something. Jesus is the only way to get to where he is. Yes. And I'm thankful Amen. for that. So. And a relationship with him. When you have a relationship with him, even when you do get too close to sin, because there's times when we're immature in the faith, you know, like depending on where we are in our walk, yeah. there's t- times of immaturity. And I'm thankful that, you know, God didn't just leave Joseph there to fend for himself. Like right. literally what he said, like the, what the enemy intended for evil, the Lord used for good and so he used everything that happened throughout joseph's life the mistakes the you know everything the victories the mistakes and i'm thankful that with a relationship with jesus he has our best interest always he always does he's not he doesn't just leave us or forsake us the bible says that so when you don't have a relationship with jesus and you're doing all this stuff it's a different story because you don't have that 
connection. You don't have that relationship and that pursuit. You're just wondering and you're lost. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that Jesus has our best interest and that the Lord uses everything. And when you were talking about also um, like there's a time for different things and, you know, everything happens for a reason. A good verse, you know, a lot of us know it, but if any listeners don't, is Ecclesiastes 3 talking about that's the different good. seasons yep. and there's a time for everything. So I like that. That's a good um, reference for that. It is. It is. Amen. And I think <clears throat> I think the important thing to remember when there's a time uh, for and a season for everything is that each season has a purpose. That's right. And that everything that happens in our life is never a mistake. It's never coincidence. It's not happen chance. It's purposeful. It's intentional. And the Lord will allow us to walk through things and go through things because he's really developing us. And don't ever let, um, I talk about this stuff kind of a lot when I preach and teach and hang out with people and counsel, do whatever needs to be done. Don't let your mistakes define you, but do let them develop you. And um, because I'm not defined by my mistakes, but I am developed by them. And my, my, my times and my seasons where I've made some wrong choices or wrong decisions, I refuse to let those be the definition of who I am, but I need to allow the Lord to use those situations to develop who he's trying to get me to be, or he wouldn't allow me to walk through them in the first place. Right. Um, because I don't think Peter is who Peter is without going through what he did right at Jesus' crucifixion. As hard as it was, as difficult as it was for him, and as difficult as it is to read somebody who loved Jesus do that, it actually helped de- develop him. Like yeah. he, he came back a different person after yes. that. It was there was a different personality about him, different resolve, different tenacity. Yeah. Um. Whenever you know, if you if you do that, and then you hear Jesus say, "Make sure Peter's with him," there's something in you. Okay, he still loves me. I'm never doing that. Again. <laughs> like you know, it's yeah. but it was like Peter was different from That's that it. point on because it didn't define him, but it developed developed him. him. That's good. Aaron. And I think that too often we use these seasons. And the enemy, op- the enemy always operates in condemnation. That's what yeah. he does. He yeah. wants you to feel condemned. He wants you to feel guilt. He wants you to feel shame. He wants you to feel like the worst thing in the world. Do you know what that really is? The religious spirit. That's what it really is. Because the religious system operates off of guilt. It operates off of shame. It, operate, it operates off of these condemnation. Conviction, though, you do feel a source of, oh, my gosh, I blew it. But you also feel the Holy Spirit egging you on. And it's like Paul says, if you're running a race and you fall, you get back up and you keep running. Yeah. I'm pressing forward to the mark. That's it. And and so I I know in my life, I've definitely fell down during the race, but I'm not staying there. That's right. And I don't want people to remember me just by the kid who fell down. I want people to remember me by the guy who finished well. Yeah. And but I don't finish well if I don't let that push me forward. And right. so um, I just say that a lot. And I really do believe it, that your mistakes, your past, your issues, those difficult times are not the definition of who you are. Their development, who God's created you to really be. And yeah. we learn that through Joseph's story a lot. That's it. And I mean, a lot of times we're there and sometimes I think back, of course, you know, this is what we do. This is what I do. I live for the Lord. I want to live for him. I love going to my church, my local church. I love visiting if I can or whatever, but that's what we do. So sometimes I believe we get in the mindset of, you know, 
we don't really want to talk about these shortcomings sometimes or these failures. But then again, it's something that we all need to let people understand, even even new Christians, even new people that come. You know, that one that come to the altar that matter the other, the other morning. I mean, you know, he needed to hear that, hey, we've all been through this. Now get up, pick yourself up, and let's go. Let's do this. So, I mean, you know, so... We must understand that I love, and I wrote it down, not allow the failures to define you, but develop you. I mean, I wrote that down. I, I appreciate that. I've heard you say that before, but for whatever reason, this morning it really connected to me. And I just, um, I know that how do we do that? We do that by growth. We do that by studying. We do that by going to church and being accountable to not only the Lord, most importantly. That's who we need to be accountable to, most importantly. But you need a pastor and you need people around you that will also also hold you accountable. Because the pastors and myself, we need people around us that will also hold us accountable. Because mm-hmm. see, when we see people, uh, like I was saying uh, earlier, about so many of them that, you know, they, they're there madrid every time the doors are open. And see, you would think, possibly, that they might get tired of hearing me or Brother Billy. But they don't come from me or Brother Billy. Yep. They come from the Lord. They feel, all right, we need a word today. And here's what was great about Sunday. And I know I keep going back to Sunday. But supposedly, of course, Sunday morning, I take the children. We go to children's church. We do youth and things like that. So I don't hear what Brother Billy preaches on Sunday morning. All right? Mm -hmm. Well, supposedly what I preach Sunday night. When I started saying stuff, we had like four or five people look at each other and point to Billy. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you just spoke about that. It's like, you know, there's nothing about, there's nothing better than a confirmation sure. of those things. Sure. And I, I've told him, I said, y'all got to trust me. I promise I'm not at that door. Got my ear at the door and wanting to listen to what he's preaching or whatever. Because, you know, I'm back there speaking to the kids. I you spoke both of, have the same Holy Spirit. There you go. The Spirit is what brings you all into unity. And that is what I believe, what it talks about in Ephesians with bonding together in in unity. And that unity of uh, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will speak the same things. Yeah. Not exactly all of the time the same way, but the same message a lot of times, especially if it's something that the Lord's wanting to get across to his people. Yeah. And I love that. I love confirmation. Right. And it's nothing like it. Well, I think what the Lord's really doing in this moment is that we are, I mean, it's, it's, we say it jokingly, we're closer than we've ever been to the Lord's coming because each day we get closer. But I think we're, I think it's a real statement too. I think that I don't, I don't know if we have hundreds of years left. I really don't. I'm not putting a date on them. I'm not, you know, I, I just know that the condition of the earth is becoming ripe and we're seeing things manifest and we're seeing prophecy unravel. And I think what's happening is he's actually trying to mature his bride. Um, yeah. Because he is not coming back for a corrupted bride. He's coming back for a pure bride. He's that's coming right. back for a bride that's got it together. Yep. And the intent of the body of Christ coming together on Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, Saturday night, wherever you meet, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever is the time you assemble together. Yeah. The intent is not entertainment. The intent is maturity and equipping. That's yeah. it. And I, I feel like I feel like the separation within the house of the Lord right now is are we are we growing or are we entertaining? And yeah. there seems to be the remnant is a fed up with entertainment and they're starting to look for that equipping. And so I want to like 
um, you know, like you say, Pastor Billy has been preaching for first of the year, die to yourself, die to yourself, let it go. What is that really? The purification of the bride. Like, come on, you got to die to yourself. We got to grow. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't say this to be derogatory. I don't say this because I'm there. I'm saying this because I'm preaching to myself when right. I do preach. Yes. Is that it's time we grow up. Like yeah. we yeah. are very immature as a body of Christ. Yeah. Yep. And it's I said this Sunday and I don't say it because I'm looking down. I'm saying it looking at myself and saying we can't be this wavy heel. That's immaturity. It's maturity is when we consistently apply elementary things to everyday life. Like and we do it consistently. It's not I I don't it's not that I'm I'm not gonna walk up to Josh on a Thursday and he's not gonna be going through something. It's not if I walk up and say, How you well, I mean, can you pray with me about that? That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because I know without a doubt, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I'm not trying to build his head up. I know without a doubt that regardless of what situation is going on in his life, and Josh does have some things going on. He's never going to stop burning. He's going to Correct. love the Lord the same on Thursday as he is on Tuesday. And if I see him on Saturday afternoon, he's still going to love the Lord. Does Thank he have you, difficult brother. things happening? Sure, there are. But he has mature enough now not to figure out, is Josh going to be burning for the Lord? You know, and, yeah. and I think that that's where we're trying to get people to is that consistent application of our walk in the Spirit. Yeah. It's not that our eyes are always rolled back on their heads. It's not that we're always praying in a prayer language. It's not that everything's grand and everything's great. It's that we are finally becoming consistent and mature and staying faithful to the Lord regardless of what's going on around us. And that's what the bride's getting. The bride's going to get yeah. sin knocked off of her. It's going to get that inconsistency knocked off of her. It's going to get that immaturity knocked off of her. And really what it is, it's Esther that's been marinating in the anointing for a long time preparing for the night with the king. That's yeah. it. Amen. And I mean, so so many times, you know, I love how you said, are we, you know, something about going and growing? But I just jotted this down, too. I said, you know, are we growing or are we just going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, very true. You know, are we, and I mean, I'm afraid too many people, even now, just even going. now, are just going. Yeah. yeah. Because that's how they were brought up. But the thing about it is, oftentimes, as soon as they get old enough to, I guess, to make their own decisions, kids sometimes, mm-hmm. they'll go, get away from church. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, actually, my uh, Rita texted me something yesterday, a video about, um, I think they was interviewing Brandon Lake about songs, worship songs and stuff like that. But he said something in this interview that was very critical. He said, everybody's going to think I'm crazy right now. But he said, I'll be honest with you. I think a youth pastor's job is more critical right now than a pastor's job because it's raising up a younger generation. Yeah. And he kind of put his words on it and kind of, you know, let people understand why he thought that. Because actually, young people, you know, they're with their youth pastor, and that's where they feel more connected with their with their youth pastor than probably their pastor. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I feel as if that is very critical right now for them to realize that, hey, this generation is rising up. And it reminded me of what Brother Billy spoke about a month ago. He spoke this from the pulpit, and he felt as if the Lord told him this when he was down there in the farm. He said, the church, I'm co-, he said, the Lord told him, the church that I'm coming back for is emerging now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he spoke that from the pulpit, and just, I mean, it's something that's gotten our wow. spirit. It's almost like, you know, him talking about dying, talking about how he must, we must decrease, he must increase. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about a month ago, he's, he told that from the pulpit as well. He said that the Lord told me the church he's coming back for is emerging 
now. Mm-hmm. But then, then you think when he said that, here's what I thought, Hannah. I thought, am I emerging? Mm. Am I going? Mm. Am I doing those things? And if I'm not, I better be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know. So. I know we have to go to break, but I I want to talk more about that youth pastor thing when we come back because okay. think about how many churches just throw somebody in that position. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be derogatory or condemning no. or anything, but I've seen it over and over of like this hierarchy of you know a youth pastor is just your stepping stone. Right. To get to somewhere else. Right. Or a youth pastor position is just this or just that. But that's exactly what the enemy would want us to think. That's exactly what the enemy would want a pastor to think. Yeah. Of, oh, well, it, this is just, you know, you'll stay here for a little while and then I'll move you somewhere else. But what if, I mean, <laughs> I completely yeah. agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it is very important. And the enemy would love for people to think that to pl- to make it seem like you're not doing as much for the kingdom with the youth, but actually you're doing a lot for the kingdom because they are the ones who's going to be taking the mantle and we're the ones who are going to be, you know, yeah. step leading the church after the older generation is gone. I mean, yeah. our parents and grandparents won't be here forever. That's right. And so, yeah, yeah I want to get back into that for sure. Well, we sure will. Um, there's no junior Holy Ghost. There's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's right. Um, Tuesday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. What Kingsman? Uh, what Kings? Kinsman? Kingsman? What Kinsman of Jesus was imprisoned for criticizing King Herod's marriage to Herodias? What Kinsman of Jesus was imprisoned for criticizing King Herod's ma- marriage to Herodias? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. Welcome back in after the break. We got an answer for that trivia question. Joey Sosh got it right. Josh Good got job, it. Brother Joey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John the Baptist, Matthew 14, 3 through 5 is the answer. John the Baptist was a kinsman of Jesus who was in prison for criticizing King Herod's marriage to Herodias. Um, and so congratulations, Brother Joey. Joey got that correct. Excited for that. Uh, Miss Gail, get caught up in a couple text messages. Our being forgiven is where our joy comes from. How can we not be joyful knowing God has forgiven us? Even though we fall short, Jesus loves us enough that he died for us. And the Holy Spirit hangs in there with us through it all. So much love. Joy has come from all this love. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. And, you know, I was listening to a person this weekend, and I've um, alluded to this a little bit, but he said that... um, he said that every church should be after two things, majority on on two two things should dominate the church's pursuit. First is the presence of the Lord, like we yeah. should host the presence of God. Amen. amen. Yes, and amen. Yeah, that's in, whenever you say hosting the presence of God, that's incorporated into prayer, fasting, um, seeking the face of the Lord, turning from our wicked ways. That's the presence of the Lord, um, because we want we don't want anything to offend Him. We want Him here. We want His He want we want His blessings. We want His glory. We want his presence. So whatever it takes to pursue his presence, we pursue it. Amen. The second thing is the next generation. He said, if your if your church is not again, if your church is not pursuing the presence of the Lord and the next generation, you're not doing it right. And um, yeah, that was so good. Wow, that's awesome. And um, if you look at well, if you go back to the whole story of Hannah and Samuel and Eli and all of them, you know, he failed to raise up sons. He was doing the work of the Lord. He was in the temple. He was serving. He was seeking, but he never raised up sons. Wow. 
And God had to send a Samuel in there because he didn't have no sons. Yeah. And what would it be like? And I think it's what's well, really just a shadow of what it is, a, a church that may be doing the business of the church, but failing to raise up sons. Right. And you all are talking about youth pastors and how youth pastors is the most important thing. And um, really, I, I think. I think you're I think it's very it's a very true statement that youth pastoring because we're developing sons and daughters. Yeah. But really we can even take this step far. I don't want to take it out of the context of youth pastoring, but no. the church has to get to where we stop trying to replicate ourselves and um, because this guy also said that when Paul says that teachers, we have many teachers but not many fathers, we have a lot of people trying to replicate themselves because that's what you do in teaching. Yeah. I learn to do something, I'm going to teach you how to do it. Yeah. But that's not fathering. Fathering is not trying to teach you what to do. Fathering is trying to equip you with the tools to figure out how to do it, to how to be you, to right. how to be defined as you. I don't need, I don't need any of my seven children to look like Aaron. That's it. I need them to look like who God's created them to be. Amen. That's and good. my job as a father is to give them tools to do that. And so I don't need to sit there and say, you need to be like me. I need to sit there and say, here's a tool to get you to learn how to be who God's created you to be in the most, you know, in character, integrity, in pursuit, in presence, in prayer, um, because we don't need to replicate ourselves. It would be a very boring, dried-up society if we all looked like each other. Yeah. And the body wouldn't function right because we're all we're one body, many members. Yeah. And so he was talking about real fathers don't replicate. Real fathers equip. Right. Well, uh, during the break, Hannah said something that she'll probably elaborate on, but— uh, she said uh, how a lot of times they'll get just thrown in that position, you know, and I just, you know, I've, you know, probably you've been in places before where sometimes you get just get thrown in the position because you're there, you're just faithful, not that you're really called to that position, but just because you're faithful and you're there all the time, it's like you get thrown into position sometimes. And mm -hmm. so I believe that is uh, very vital. And I mean, that's kind of dangerous, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is because it, you will get burnt out and the the kids or the, whatever, whoever the sheep are will be able to sense it too. Yeah. Um, it just all around won't work. <laughs> That's right. It just won't work. And I, I really am. I'm tired of the enemy convincing people and Christians that like to almost that children are a burden. Yeah. And that teenagers are a burden. And, you know, I've been guilty of, I've always kind of been more mature than people my age. So I've always wanted to hang out with older people yeah. than me. It just That's just who I am, how I'm built, I guess. But I think in that, with me always surrounding myself with see, more seasoned Christians or just older people in general, I sometimes have, you know, had that tendency to get annoyed with my generation or those younger than me. Yeah. Um, and to feel like, you know, th that it's a burden or even with me having children, I've, I've had the thoughts of like, Oh man, it's going to be this and this and this. <laughs> it's going to, I'm never going to get sleep. And there, I mean, that might be true. I know that's true. Cause I see it. That's why I think it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. These parents around me never get any sleep and I love my sleep. But the thing is like, we focus so much on the things that are wrong with having children or with discipling children or with father spiritually fathering children. But the enemy wants us to keep thinking of that. The yeah. enemy wants us to be caught up in everything that is a inconvenience and not focus on the blessing that we get out of it and not focus on the fact that literally children are 
one of the greatest blessings from the Lord. Yes. And it's mentioned over and over and over. I mean, if we read this word and we have a problem with children, then there's something wrong with us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. it's the truth. That's right. But, but the enemy wants to convince people that they are. And I think that's where a lot of that stems from. I think that's where a lot of the, like, every, like people not really wanting to be youth pastors. That's right. Or teach, uh, you know. Sunday school teachers or yeah. all of these things. I think that's where a lot of it, where a lot of it stems from. Right. Well, I think one of the issues with youth ministry, cause I've been there, done that. Um, and I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, but I shared many times that I was probably a horrible youth pastor, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> one of the things that's tricky. And I think because it's tricky, people's fallen into the trap of trying to reverse it is that when you have adults coming to church, even if they're doing it for religious duty or because they feel like they have to, they're still going to be there because they choose to be there. Most of the time, teenagers not there because they choose to be there. So now you're getting these kids in there that really are, it's not their choice. Their mom and dad is just telling them. And I'm not against that. I think you should take your kids to yes. church. So I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that's just a predicament there are. Yeah. So now as a youth pastor, you got kids that's listening to you and they're in this youth group with you, and they don't want to be there. They're being forced to be there. You know they're being forced to be there. And so the propensity is, well, if they're going to be forced, let's, let's try to make them enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So now, because we're going to try to make them enjoy this, we've substituted the Word of God for some kind of activity or game. And the presence. And, wow. and so now we are, instead of equipping them to be the church, we're trying to entertain them while their parents do church. And mm -hmm. now we've got this whole situation once this season of their life where they're stopped being forced to go to church ends, that's why they don't come back is because we actually never gave them anything to come back to. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's good, brother. That's true. And it's this whole reciprocal cycle that we've almost developed and we've tried to get people to enjoy church. I'm going to be honest with you. My tent on Sunday morning, even for the, the main church, like the main sanctuary on Sunday morning is never, I want people to enjoy this. That's not my intent. I want people to be equipped to walk out this faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a, that doesn't change in youth ministry. But sometimes we make it try to change so that kids would enjoy it. So they'll tell their friends, hey, this was awesome. We played video games. We ate. Yeah. We did this. And I'm not against any of that. But if that's what you think is going to change kids' lives, then the first time they go to college and they have this long-haired hippie teaching philosophy 101, and he looks at them, and he starts to use these big words, and they start to say there is no absolute truth, and he starts to talk about social injustice, and he starts to talk about equality, and he starts to talk about all these things, and the only thing this kid's ever heard is, you know, oh, did you like the popcorn? It was great, wasn't it? Let's, yeah. do, let's do a movie next week. Let's do this. There's no substance. Right. Yeah. And that's been my biggest critique of youth ministry is that youth pastors are not giving substance. They're giving babysitting clinics. Wow. And we just can't do it. And yeah. wanting to be cool or wanting to appear cool to the kids or honestly, I mean, something I've seen is just trying so much to fit in with the culture. To mm -hmm. be able to relate to the kids, I'm not. Jeans. I'm not saying you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't be loving and and like try to reach them and speak to them in a way that they will understand. Yes, Jesus done that. Jesus did that. 
he spoke to people in a way they wouldn't understand. So yes, if you're if you want to use terms or something in your sermon, that's that's not what I'm talking about. Like that's good if you can do stuff to keep their attention in in the message. Yeah. But when it comes to just like trying to I don't know be somebody that you're not or have these games and watch these movies and do all these things and try to make everything so attractive, it's it's really turning into not about Jesus anymore. It's turning into about you. And really what the kids are doing is learning how to um, follow their youth pastor and like their youth pastor and respect him, but not respect the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that I just, I think it's the presence. Like mm-hmm. the kids just need the presence. Yeah. They, they just need the presence of the Lord. Like I would not be still in the faith right now if I didn't experience the presence of the Lord That's as right. a child. Yep. Like I, I wouldn't still be serving. I would be out in the world doing I don't know what <laughs> if I wouldn't have experienced the presence. Right. Because if I don't have the presence, there's no point. Yeah. There's no if I don't have the presence of Jesus in a church, in a youth group, in a, anything, I don't want it. That's and right. I think that's, that's what's happening right now is there's a generation that has literally just not ever known the presence because people aren't weren't giving it to them at home or their yep. youth pastors or wherever they're going. They're not getting it anywhere. So and they don't know how to get it on their own without, you know, knowledge of the word. And so I'm not saying that they can't pick up their word. But when you've grown up without it, you don't know the goodness. You don't you don't know that it's worth it to pick up your word. Exactly. And that's what a generation is raising up in right now. So it's like they just need the presence. We just need to host the presence and that the presence of the Lord is the most important thing. And anyone who knows how to do that, and there are, there's a lot of people here at Bethel and a lot of people in some surrounding churches that have been in church their whole life and they, they know how to seek the presence. They know how to host the presence and the Lord's poured a lot of wisdom and like awesome things in them, but they're not, not everybody is sharing that. Not everybody is pouring out what the Lord's poured in them. And I believe if a lot of the older generation that has this wisdom and knows how to encounter the presence of the Lord and knows how to actually train people to seek yep. and host the presence of the Lord. If that, when we see the fathers, t- the hearts of the fathers t- turn to the sons and the sons turn to the fathers, that's what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. When the older generation that has all of this and knows the presence will start pouring in, I believe we're going to see that. Yep. Yeah. And I believe we're just seeing a generation that's tired of just playing church and, and just being there, you know, just going and not growing. Yeah. You know, there you go. Maybe not the kids. The kids might not be aware of it yet. I yeah. do say, I do think some kids are aware of it, um, but definitely like the young adults. Right. And like ones that are getting out into the world, like realizing, OK, there literally there's no point in this life without there has to be something more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. And uh, people's not really in defense of nothing, but thing about it is oftentimes if the adults don't try to I, I think they've activated the presence of the Lord to a certain degree I mean I know we've said a lot of different things this morning about this about that but we're just trying to you know put out there some things that might get us all thinking a little mm-hmm. bit okay so I believe brother Aaron that sometimes that there's people out there that allow the activation of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord in their life as an adult. And if you can constantly show it to kids or constantly even show it to people around you at church. And if nobody really engages in that well, you can get tired of saying, well, what in the world am I doing then? 
What, what am I doing? I'm reminded about uh, someone that, um, you know, here recently, I don't know, it's been a little while or whatever, said they was going to a place that really wasn't feeding them. Mm -hmm. And so they went to another place where they felt as if they was being fed. And I, I also, there at Madrid, say, listen, if you're not growing here at Madrid, if you don't feel like you're getting fed at Madrid, if you don't feel like you're advancing the kingdom at Madrid, then you better be finding a place where you are. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that right now, if we're not advancing the kingdom of God, if we're not activating his presence, like you were saying earlier, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. That's what we must be doing. Yeah. So, uh, Miss Joanne Burks, and it's good to hear from you, Miss Joanne. If you don't have his presence at home first, it won't be real anywhere. And then Miss Gail says, when children are small, you make them do the right thing. When they are older, they learn when you show them how to do the right thing, and they will choose their path. Um, yeah. We've got to be examples. Amen. That's true. That's right. Yeah, I agree with the. And I think the problem with the generation is that is true. If you're if the, you're not experiencing the presence of God at home, then you're not going to bring it into church, and you're not going to experience it throughout your day. But there's a lot of families and a lot of parents that if kids aren't seeing that at home, if the kids never experience the presence of God at home, then how are they going to experience it anywhere yeah. else? Mm -hmm. Because truly, parents have depended on the church way too much, I believe. Sure. I believe parents have just pushed the responsibility of discipleship onto pastors and youth pastors and all this. And I'm not saying, yes, praise the Lord that kids also get discipled at church, but it has to start at home. It's mm -hmm. got to. It yeah. has to start at home. There was a home before there was a church. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, I mean, that's what our pastor there, because, I mean, never take away the fact of there's a home before there's a church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that don't give you reason not to go to church, but we're just saying, hey, it's about like, uh, you know, kids going to Sunday school or kids going to nursery or kids going to teenage class or even kids going to school around here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, yeah, I got to get them there. That way they can do what they are. If they're not learning things at home, more than likely, they're not really going to learn it really the way they need to yeah. at school. Because sometimes schools will teach things that's not right. It's not right, yeah. And so if they're not hearing the true word at home, and then they're probably not going to stand up for it. Yeah. I'm reminded about one teenager that he's done, uh, gone away from our teenage class or whatever, and really he's not in church now, but I am reminded when he was in seventh grade, we, of course, we teach him about the Lord, we teach him about creation, different things like that, but he was in a science class. And, well, anyway, more or less, they was uh, teaching evolution, mm. Big Bang Theory, just uh, things that didn't, you know, that we know are false. Mm -hmm. And he began to engage himself and say, hang on a minute. And not just one time, he would do it often. And more or less, that he got sent to the principal's office and out of his class because of some conversations that he stirred up mm -hmm. a little bit as a seventh grader. And so he'd come there and he'd uh, just tell me all about it. And I mean, I don't want him to get in trouble, but then again, I don't want him to back down from the truth. Yeah. You see, so, but then, uh, you know, but I, I'm just thankful for people that will stand up. Yeah. Will Me stand too. Up. Yeah, and for anyone listening, like, this stuff might sound harsh. <laughs> I don't know, depending on, you know, how you're taking it. But I do want to say... 
for parents. I feel like a lot of parents get down on themselves because it is hard. It it is hard. Like being a parent is a very hard thing, but it's a very profitable thing. It's a very it's a blessing. Yeah. And I, I'm saying that I'm not even a parent, but I I have so many amazing families around me, and I see it and I know it. Yeah. Um, but it really doesn't take like you don't have to be a Bible scholar to disciple your your child at home. That's it. You really don't. And I think people get intimidated. I think parents get intimidated, especially new Christians that are parents. But literally just even you modeling to your kids what to do. Like literally you, like when my mom would wake up in the morning and be reading her Bible, that would make me want to read my Bible. Yeah. Just literally seeing her at the kitchen counter, reading her Bible, drinking her coffee, it, it made me do it. Awesome. I just wanted to do it. And like kids pay attention. Kids pay attention to everything that you do. And I'm not saying that so that you feel condemnation, but even if you will just make the the basics of like waking up and reading your Bible in the morning, your kids will see that and they will start doing it. The the basics of praying with them before bed. And and I don't think it should stop there. I think it should go further. Right. But, but don't feel intimidated because if you start seeking the Lord more, if you start to, like making steps, making some sort of effort, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will help you to keep growing and making more efforts. Yes. And it will. It starts with reading your Bible, praying. That's what it can start with. Right. Having worship music on, making a point to worship, making a point to watch what you filter, what you allow, you know, your family to watch on yeah. TV, stuff like that. That's discipling. That's yes. all discipling your kids. Yeah. And those are things that anybody can do. It's yep. it's it's not hard. And then the, the other things will come later. Yep. Um, I know it's going to sound like a segue, but I'm really not segueing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just, it's like a full circle. Um, recently, President Obama, Obama, President Biden was <laughs> making a speech and he was talking to, um, on behalf and honor of the 2023 Teachers of the Year, National, State, all those teachers won it. And he was quoting another teacher, but he said this. Um, he said, there is no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all of our children. It's a very false statement. All right, this is what the system wants to do. It wants you to say, now this is Marxism and socialism at the best. It's grooming for it. Come on. Because you're trying to get everybody to be on the same playing field, that you don't have children. This, the nation has children. You may have gave birth, but it's really the nation's children. And we have to be careful not to adopt that kind of same mentality in the church. All right? It takes a village to raise a child, yes, because we all have to be around each other supporting. But I'm the parent. Josh is the parent. You're going to be a parent one day. If Eliza has her way, you're going to have a parent to have <laughs> twins. Um, but as much as Josh can facilitate growth in the kids that he's with every Sunday morning, he can't do it alone. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Not actually, it's not actually his job to do it alone. What he should be doing is confirming and building upon what the parents are building at home. Yeah. That's the proper word. And like you said, it's not Bible scholar. It's a lot of just time – modeling it's it's yeah. being that example it's showing the path it's taking those opportunities to teach um i deal with a lot of kids around here um <laughs> honestly I, I, I we really do we have kids yeah. everywhere yes. whether it's at I the school it. with the ranch anything we're i would say half of my time is dealing with kids and in the sense of when they're in trouble or something like this <laughs> i feel like that some days there's some days some situations take a whole day to deal with um now when i get them in the room we talk we chat. We try to, they're in trouble. 
but I want to teach while they're in trouble. And I'm trying to disciple as they're in trouble. So we're working through a situation. And sometimes I'll look across the room and just like, why? Like, why? Did you just feel like being dumb that day? Like, is it, what is this kind of thing? And, you know, they'll kind of, you know, I'll, I'll just talk to them. Usually I'll crack a joke like that or something like that. Not trying to minimize the trouble, but I need them to get their defenses down for a second. Because here's what happens is they're so used to being attacked constantly. Yeah that their defenses go up instantly. And if we're ever going to help somebody grow, we've got to take their defenses down first. Um, You know, one of the things that happen a lot is, and I'm just going to be very honest, and man, I'll get the hate mail because I get the hate mail every time I talk about this. I am not anti-medicine, but I do think we over-medicate our kids because we don't want to deal with their behavioral issues. And it's easier to zombify them than fix them. And so a lot of the times what we do in a lot of cases is they're hyper, they're active, they're this, they're kids. And yet we dumb them down with certain kind of medicine so that they'll suppress that energy per se. But in reality, what we're doing is we're letting something else try to fix the issue that we should attack. And, and so instead of actually we're, I say it like this, I'm all for medicine, but I'm not for over-medicating. And I think what we do in our nation right now is over-medicate. Certainly. And I'm not a doctor. It's not a medical. I'm not trying to tell you, go home, get, take your kids off of medicine or put you in condemnation if your kids are on medicine. What I'm doing is I'm saying you should pray. You should seek the face of the Lord. You should talk to your doctor. You should understand why your kid's on that medicine. Because I've been around kids, and the parents don't even know why their kids are on that medicine. They don't even know. They can't give me an explanation of why the kid is on that medicine when dealing with them. And they're like, I don't know. They just got put on it. So your kid's on a medicine you have no idea what it's for. It's an issue. Yeah, it is. It's a major issue. And it's stuff that we won't talk about because church is afraid they're going to be sued or they're going to do this or they're going to do that. No, if the defense, the mechanism – and almost it's like the protection of the issue. Mm-hmm. Let's never fix the situation. And so kids have all these built up around them. And a lot of the times the kids are in this predicament because a lot of people just don't want to deal with it. A lot of people don't want to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. And and they feel it and they see it and they know it. And um, and they don't feel loved by that. Yes. Because not at all. if we love somebody, we're going to do everything it takes to weep when they're weeping rejoice when they're rejoicing pray with them walk with them until they get their healing they get their restoration from the lord all of that yeah and that's the thing it does take time and and it it takes work and it takes energy it takes energy (laughs) but and a lot of times we honestly we don't i've 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 said this statement i know other parents have said this statement and we are not putting condemnation on people because i've been there like i'm i mean now i've never I can't say I've been there with the medicine, but I have been there with, I don't have time to deal with this. Yeah. I don't have time to deal with you. I don't have time. I would say anybody that's a parent's probably said that before. Yep. And we have to be cautious and careful because we have to make time because when the Lord has given arrows in our quiver, it's the most important thing that we can be entrusted with. It's far greater than our jobs. It's far greater than our careers. It's far greater than anything. It's the, it's the responsibility to raise our children and love our spouse. Amen. That's it. Yeah. Family is first, and it's not the church's responsibility to raise your child. It's yours, and um, it's not doctors either. It's it's harsh, and I, I mean it sounds harsh and it sounds rough, but it's it's just biblical, I think. And it's time the church starts talking about these kind of things and stop yeah. sweeping under the rug and keep kicking the can down the road. I mean, I never get more criticism and complaints than I do when I talk about this stuff. 
I mean, it just, I think it riles up the devils. Oh, it does. And I think there's the, also a lot. Well, we don't have much time to get into this. We, we Do we have a guest today? No, we don't. Okay. There's a lot of kids that also need deliverance from generational curses and things that have been spoken over them and that no one wants to talk about that either. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times kids don't need medicine. They need Jesus. They need healing. They need spiritual healing and love. And parents a lot of times aren't paying attention. Yep. Well, we could go a step farther. We need some parents that are willing to say, hey, this curse stops with me. Yep. That's it. It's not transferring down yep. to my children. Amen. Amen. It's not even the, the children sometimes need deliverance some things too, but it's most of the time. It's parents. It, yeah. it, it, it can stop with you. Yep. Like I sat across the table and I don't, uh, was you going to say something I saw? No. Oh, okay. Go, you're good. I don't want to cut you off. I sat across the table from a young man who was struggling with anger and explosions. And I say, you know, he's had a rough life. He, had a, he has had a rough life. He told me some stories that hurt my own soul. But I said, do you want to perpetuate this to your children? I say, if you don't make the decision to stop this now by the grace of God and get this taken care of, your children will do what you're doing. And do you want that? And he says, no, sir. Yeah. I mean, he had tears in his eyes. He said, I don't want my children to ever feel the pain and anger that I feel. Yeah. Well, let that generational co- curse stop with you then. Mm-hmm. Don't Amen. let your kids have to have deliverance because it stopped with you. Yeah. Um, and just as sin can be passed down through generation to generation, I believe righteousness can too. Yeah. And I believe exactly. literally everything that your family's dealt with up to you, I do believe by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus, it can stop, it can stop with stop you. today. You don't have That's to right. go to your children. That's it. Yep. Amen. And um, I love talking about parenting and children. I'm not the best parent. I'm learning every day. Trust me. <laughs> when Going from three to seven was huge. Yeah. And um, it's a big... It was a it was a big learning curve, and, and we're still learning because you know even with cloud, there are certain things that we've we're having to parent we've never had a dream of parent before, and usually when you have situations like you know some of the what cloud has, you have preparation, you have people giving you. We just jumped right in, and we're like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, but you know it's it's what we're called to do, yeah, and and um, it's a joy, it's an honor, and I mean we hear testimonies, we hear great things like. When I was talking about the over-medication part, I know a story, and I can't say names because, um, in this case, it would be HIPAA. And and so I can't say names, but I know a story where this this child was on five medicines, and the parents made the decision, like, hey, let's wing them off. Let's do this. Cause, and so they worked with a doctor, and, you know, this person, this kid is now off all five medicines, wow. thriving, healthy, still got some issues to work out. But it's a whole different kid. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm going to say this. The kid was finally able to address some situation that has been masked by the medicine. And I'm yep. not trying to I'm not trying to bash the medicine. I'm right. not sitting here saying you should never put your kid on the medicine. Or you should never be on medicine. Again, I've said you should consult with your doctor. You should pray and seek the face of the Holy uh, face of the Lord. Get direction. But you need to trust the Lord before anything else. Before trusting and, medicine. And there's time for medicine. God made medicine, I believe. I think there's some things that God allowed yeah. to be created for certain things. But the enemy also replicates. And so, um, bad. you know, I'm, yep. I'm thankful that if I have a headache, I can take an ibuprofen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against medicine at all, but I'm against masking it because we really don't want to deal with the root of the issue. Yep. That's good, brother. And you can segue right into the church. The church won't deal with issues. We want to yep. mask it. We want to treat it, but we never want to cure it. That's it. The Lord don't treat things. The Lord cure things. Well, yep. it's because it started at home. We said family first. It's because it started at home, then it's brought it into the church. Yes. Yep. 
Yes. So. Well, we're going to take a break here, um, take a breather. We'll come back, finish up this discussion here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. And on this May the tw- uh, May the 30th, 2023 here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Always enjoy Tuesdays. Um, always enjoy when Pastor Josh is on the air with us. Uh, usually we're a lot more funny but today's i know been it's more like of a serious more that's good though that's awesome, we need man. that um sometimes i uh get too carried away sometimes no it's so. just i think we feed off each other yeah i we think do. we're kindred it's it. um you you have no hair and I have gray hair so it's like this uh it's this kindred it, spirit man. you ever yeah. thought about that you oh, know yeah. we're, we're both young yeah. i mean we're not old like i don't no. i'm not gonna claim that over well, both of us and listen but you used to at one time call yourself uh, old and older. Well, I, I think there's you've power learned. in the tongue. Yeah, because uh, the more I talked about that, the more my body I, hurt. Um, I didn't know if that or maybe uh, Miss Miss Betty said, "Hey, you don't need to be saying that because that's one thing that she always says. They're proud yeah. tongue, boy. Hush that." But that's what she tells me all the time. I, I feel like we're kindred spirit because I think we both love the Lord and we um, we're both hungry for His presence, but we're both younger. And but, and you got and like for younger people you are you you really don't have a lot of hair no offense nah. <laughs> and I haven't had a lot of hair in about fifteen sixteen I, years. I saw the progression don't worry yeah um uh, and then I have a lot of gray hair so yeah. we're like kind of like this abnormal for our age that's it maybe the Why Lord just has us like years. that <laughs> Josh is so wise it fell out and mine just getting there all right so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But see, so, we we can pick on each other, and um, that's right. there's a lot of honor between us too. And um, I can't. I always say he's one of my favorite preachers. I love to hear him preach and teach, and I know God's using him in tremendous ways. And um, we're we're praying he's going to be uh, his little girl's going to get married in just man, a goodness. little couple of weeks. Yeah, How you just feel about a few that? Weeks? I don't know, man. Yesterday Memorial Day, of course, it's normally time I go back to Danger Point and stuff. Yeah. When the daughter says, "Dad." Can you uh, come help us do a few things? Even at a, as she's 22 years old, I still, well, sure, I better go. And uh, my granny and papa was at a church Sunday night. They come to church about every Sunday night up there at Madrid mm-hmm. and uh, hear me preach. You know, most of the time I preach every Sunday night. But uh, he says, you come tomorrow? I said, Peppa, I'm sorry, but my daughters come ask me to, they're trying to finish up their house. Yeah. And there's just a few more things got to be done, some trim and just stuff like that. I said, I better go. I think I'm going with, uh, going to go help my daughter. He looked at me eye to eye and he said, you better go with your daughter. Aww. So I was like, okay, I'm yep. going with my daughter. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, we went down toward Morgantown where they live. They actually live just a few miles from Oak Ridge, about three miles from Oak Ridge. Where How about they live that? At. So anyway, but uh, so yeah, went down there yesterday just trying to finish up. So in about three, three and a half weeks, I think, 24th. So. Well, if there's somebody to take parents lessons from, it's Finley and Doris. Uh, you ain't yeah. kidding. You ain't so kidding. So. That's um, you know, he's talking to me yesterday over at the grill, as I was grilling. Can he hear you? He can hear me. <laughs> and well, I figured out how to talk to him. That's um, right. That's I right. I know what volume to hit at this point. <laughs> but you know, um, just his girls that he yeah. raised and his son and all that, and I mean, it's just where they're at in their life's a testimony. Yeah. It's a testimony. Yeah. And yeah. Um, testimony to their parenting and their love for the Lord. And yeah. Um, God's so good. And then of course, um, so many of the grandchildren are serving the Lord and doing things yeah. for the kingdom. So, um, and a lot of people think like when you've been blessed, you know, with a healthy family, not that no family is perfect, but a right. family that serves the Lord and has done things the right way. A lot of people think, especially like, you, you know, the kids would think like, well, 
I don't have much of a testimony. Right. And, and you know, I've heard that a lot of like, well, I don't, my testimony is not that powerful because people try to focus on the bad part of your testimony. But actually yeah. that's an, there's good testimonies and hard testimonies. Right. And a good testimony is really needed. And I was going to say, I love whenever you all share about your families and because yeah. we need more, more, um, fathers and mothers and children speaking about what a family is supposed to look like yeah. because it helps give people who have never seen what a family is supposed to look like or maybe have only known a broken family it helps to be able to have something to model after right um, and I, I just love it I love hearing about it and I think we need to we don't need to feel insignificant when when you have such an, a, a testimony of what the Lord has done yeah. and, and what a family should look yeah. like. Yeah. It's a uh, kind of humbling, you know, even being the, I'm the oldest grandkid and uh, Allie. So you're the elder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the elder grandkid. <laughs> but anyway, then Allie is actually, who's still in school is yeah. the youngest. So uh -huh. actually there is a wide range there. Sure there is. But here's what happened about two or three years ago. And I text Jody before I'd done it because Allie being the youngest, he said, listen, I don't know why, but I got to send this out. It was to all my cousins, my first cousins, mm -hmm. and all the grandkids. I said, listen, I said, I'm just giving this out there. I want to make sure y'all doing great. I said, most importantly, I want to make sure you're serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. I said, if there's been anything that's been instilled into us as a family, it's that we should serve Jesus at all times and give him thanks for everything. Mm -hmm. I said, so don't allow that to stop with you. Make sure you're on the right path. Let's keep each other accountable. And if there's, you know, we know that our family loves us, but I'm reminded about what my papa always, normally when he goes to pray over the meal or whatever, and uh, sometimes he's so soft-spoken, and there's so many of us, <laughs> it's kind of funny sometimes, you wait for the person closest to him to say amen, yeah. and everybody says amen. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, he always, most time, and every right before the prayer, he said, I just want to thank you guys, thank the Lord. I feel like I got the best family in the world. And see, everybody feels like that. I mean, sometimes your family, you feel like you got the best family. Maybe there's things in your family that is different than others. Maybe things have gone wrong. Maybe things are in a turmoil, but still yet, it's your family. And you want to stand up for your family. Amen. But as he prays, he would often say, help us, Lord, to do what we should do and help us, Lord, to do what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. And see, that's something that, that I believe that's been instilled in me and things that I always hear and things that when I read in the Word and stuff, you know, uh, something I shared the other night that was pretty powerful to me about Megan. Megan's been in a wheelchair all of her life, mm -hmm. born, you know, born like that or whatever. But there was a time in the church here where there were people really praying for healing to take place in in her life, mm -hmm. you know, to get up out of that wheelchair. And I remember that uh, somebody asking Sherry, I don't know, but they said, don't you want to see that healing in her? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, sure. But to me, she's perfect anyway. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the Lord uses that when I read things sometimes. It's saying even in things that you do sometimes, to me, you're perfect anyway. Mm -hmm. And that goes to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. every one of us, you know. People that are out there, you say, well, I've messed up. I've done that. But the Lord created you. And to him, if you let his blood be applied to your life, guess what you are to him? 
you're a perfect little child. That's right. Yeah. And I know sometimes we tease each other, oh, look at that perfect little child or whatever. But still, yeah, that's that becomes real. So it's something that spoke to me when Sherry more or less looked at somebody and I said, hey, to me, she's perfect anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's like, hey, <laughs> we're still going to be there for her and everything. So, you know, even wow. even in her handicap. You know, it's, I remember Sherry saying either exactly like that or something to the effect of, to me, she is perfect. Yeah. To me, me, she is healed or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. But, That's a powerful testimony. And it's, you know, it, I just always remember about my pet ball, too, and I'm sorry to keep saying this. No, but, uh, you know, when, when in Psalms, when it talks about the cup overflowing, like we've talked about before, when he poured that coffee cup and it overflowed in the saucer, you know, every time I read that, even though it's for me, familiar past scripture in psalm 23 i think of pepo yeah you know there's things that we go to in the word of god when you read them and when you see them when you hear them preach you will hear that i mean not saying like and i'm saying not saying that a family is perfect okay we're not we're not perfect we got our flaws lord i was the oldest grandkid and i remember when i made some decisions that really wasn't right to be honest with you being a 17 18 year old kid i remember all of a sudden my family calling <laughs> Uh, calling me over and my family was there trying to guide me trying to help me trying to say hey man you know it's just something that I don't know I mean I think about it almost ever not every day but I think about it often how when I was going through a time of where maybe I was going on the wrong direction or maybe done something that wasn't right they pull me in and say hey come over here and I get, walk in and all my family's there except mom and dad mm-hmm they say, yeah, your mom and dad wasn't invited to this meeting. <laughs> so anyway, but what I'm saying is, you know, there's different things that happen that says, all right, not only does your mom and dad love you, but we love you too, and we, we want to try to help back. you. Yeah. We want to try to help yeah. you. So. And you know what Hannah was saying earlier is there's people listening to us that don't know what a healthy family looks like. You've never been exposed to it. Yeah. Um, I've shared transparently some of my growing up and with my relationship with my dad and even today the my family's not strong like honestly the majority of the time that we spend is with our church family and um the church family is the one that i know without a hesitation is going to have us back with anything and and so when i say that i'm not saying that to put down or say my family's are all not that's not what i'm saying whatsoever but i'm saying like we there's a lot of people who's gonna be listening under the sound of our voices who do not know what a strong family looks like. You don't know what a strong relationship with your dad looks like. You don't know. And instead of like we like we opened up where we're going to end where we started, instead of letting that define you, let it develop you. Mm-hmm. Let it drive you to cultivate for your children and your present family the best family that you can have. Start building that now. Um, maybe you don't have a heritage like Finley Endorse. Maybe you don't like, you know, they set such a precedence for you guys. I know they have. It's not trying to build them yeah. up. They just have. They've set a precedence. Well, I mean, it's just about, and that's what I say. I say, man, it's, it's not just our family. It's about, but around here, since they've been here almost since the very, in, since 1981, that's kind of where everybody kind of goes to because they're older, been married yeah. many years, guys, men's kids. So. And they just have a testimony about them. And But instead of looking at that being jealous, it's like, well, my family never had that. Figure out what they did and start yes. developing that now. Start yeah. admiring it. And that's yeah. kind of what I was saying is like, when you can get past your own insecurities and your own pain from when, you know, you've been hurt by not having that family. And when you can look in act in love and like adoration and admiration of, wow, like 
I want to create that atmosphere for my family. I want a loving and I want to pass the, the baton, pass the, um, you know, train up a child in the way they should go so that they will not depart from yeah. the Lord. Like, I want to do that with my family. Right. And so I, I believe that that your all's testimony in your family is great to have in the kingdom because it can help people who haven't had it and who doesn't still doesn't have any examples in their own family to look to you all and maybe come to you all and ask questions like how how would you do this or how would you and not that that's putting you all on a pedestal but it's just you know almost like you all have that ability to be able to father and mother right. and especially miss doris and finley like yeah. they have an ability to be able to be spiritual mothers and fathers um and i just encourage anyone out there who is listening um, I know me and Aaron have similar, you know, testimonies, similar experiences with our family, and, you know, not having a father, having a single mother, having broken family. But the thing is, like, I encourage anyone who has a similar um, testimony to reach out yes. and, and really, like, yep. pe- um, like lean on your church family and ask questions and reach out to those uh, um who have already been through this walk of life and who have wisdom in parenting and marriages. And, and when you do that and you truly lean on each other and lean on the Lord, um, you, you can break those generational curses yep. and, it, mm-hmm. and start a new, new path for your family. Yeah. Amen. And then, uh, you know, you keep talking about, I'm reminded about what me and my aunt Jody often say to each other is that, you know, she was, uh, in her, uh, line of work when she worked with kids and different ones that were going through different things as children she said oftentimes josh i would go to their houses and i would be like lord why are they in this situation but why wasn't i in that situation mm-hmm. you know and she said it would it would just tear you up every time thinking why i mean why am i the one of the ones that has a has a great mom and dad like a guy and i mean so many people out there that does not have that and so it would oftentimes, you know, be, she said, just about every time, it would break her. And, I mean, you know, sometimes I feel humbling. Why Why is that? Even though you keep talking about that, but see, yet there's things in our family that really that needs prayer with. And, I mean, we can talk about that later, not really on the air, because, I mean, every family goes through something. But, you know, there's the reason I think that I sent that out to my cousins here a few years ago, because they were at a turning point in their life of where, to be honest with you, they chose some things in the world and are still choosing them now rather than choosing the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And because of that, what it is, I feel as if people are going, and if people go the wrong way, a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I've been quiet and I've allowed them just to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Instead of really saying, hey, what are you doing? Even though it may, and sometimes you realize, Hannah, that maybe it may not really help them. They're still going that way, but still yet they, I guarantee it, they remember, hey. Yeah that text that I sent them. Yeah. So, and you know, so. And it tells us, I believe it's in Ezekiel, but it talks about, you know, like the watchman and yeah. how when the Lord gives us, you know, tells us to, to give someone a warning or, you know, give them, speak the truth and yeah. point them in the right direction. Our job is to say what the Lord is leading <clears throat> us to say to them, what they choose to do with it, yep. that we can't control that. But we can always be obedient and sharing the truth out of love and checking on our loved ones and yep. all that. It's about like training them up when they shall not depart. Yep. Well, part of that departure, that they won't depart, maybe not necessarily mean that, hey, they're always going to be in the will of God. Mm-hmm. But that depart there, 
can be like remembrance. They'll yeah. remember how they were, remember how they were. Well, what we're hoping in our prayer and our faith is that there's that seed <coughs> that's in them. Yeah. yeah. And that the Holy Spirit's on them and he'll, he'll keep pulling and he'll keep pulling yeah. and he'll keep yeah. tugging. Um, and I just think that that spiritual heritage of a mom and dad and grandma and grandpas and that prayers, I think they're powerful. And mm-hmm. that's where that godly heritage comes in at. And today, today I, it's no exaggeration. This is not a manipulation. I'm not trying to get you to give. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. Today, you can totally transform the heritage of your family. You can't change the past, but today you can set a precedence for the future. Mm-hmm. And whether the Lord tarries for 300 years or three days, it doesn't matter. Today, you can set a precedence and say, God, I ask you to make me a godly father and mother, make me a godly child, make me a godly uncle, get, make me a godly aunt, whatever that looks like. Lord, give me the ability today to turn the tide. Yep. Yeah. Give me the grace. Give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge. Um, I, I say this quite often. If if you're an older person who's mature, and older, I'm not talking like necessarily about age. I'm just talking about somebody who's walked it out, who's been there, who's got some... Um, got a couple of scars, got a couple of this, that you've walked through some things. If the Lord's allowed you to get to this season of your life where you're at, that you can start discipling, start discipling. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of these mature, Titus talks about this. Older men should be teaching younger men, and older women should be teaching younger women. Um, if you're an older woman, take a younger woman out to lunch. Um, if you, Here's one of the biggest things is, and I know this sounds silly, um, and I'll make room for everybody to say the last 30-second bye or whatever, but if you're an older lady who's raised your children and you you kind of know some secrets in it and you see a brand-new mom, take that mom and brand-new baby out to lunch. Yeah. Take them both. Don't make Amen. her feel guilty for taking her. Take her. If you know a mom that has a baby under six months old and it's a first-time mom, take her out to lunch and just talk to her. Because you know what? I bet that new mom's struggling with thoughts that she probably won't tell anybody because she don't want to seem like a bad mom. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. This baby, what am I? Let her let her share some fears because you've walked through those fears before. Mm-hmm. And you can speak peace when in a way that I couldn't speak peace Amen. to them. Yeah. And there's ladies that right now that can do that. Amen. And so. Well, and I do want to say real quick, the verse, you know, in James, the confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. We're going to make mistakes. Parents are going to make mistakes. But can, through confession and through asking for prayer, it truly you will receive healing. And when you receive healing, then you can start breaking those generational curses and starting a new uh, path for your family. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it may not be nobody listening now that's suffering with this. But the thing about it is, I believe we've added a few points today that can get people equipped. Yeah. Equip on how to talk to this one or talk to that one, you know, or be prepared to do things that you didn't think you'd ever be able to do. Yep. The Amen. legacy of your family that God's given you can change today. That's it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, we love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.